This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The Wednesday Week is sponsored by the Riverside Cafe. New outside bar, now open on match days. gentlemen and a very warm welcome to the Wednesday week, the Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm Lord Hillsborough and with me on the line, first of all, we have Mr. Marriott. James E. Hobbean, how the devil are you? I am pretty good this evening, uh, although I had a slight accident earlier while slicing a lime. Um, it kind of exploded all over my um, my jogging pants and left splattered. It looks dodgy, I put it, put it that way, but it is lime, it's lime. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Fudgy, there he is. How the devil are you? I'm not bad. I'm not bad. This is the uh, second lime accident I've heard about in as many days. Um, the, uh, They're a bugger, those yeah. limes, you know. You've got to watch out for them. It, it's the citric acid that, uh, that seems to be an issue because um, what, what I was on the night of the Super Bowl, we thought it was really funny to place wedges of lime on people's shoulder and take a picture without them knowing about it and uploading it to social media, thinking we're hilarious. Uh, one, one chap took quite the exception, hoid the line back from whence it came and hit a young lady square in the eye and she ended up at <laughs> the eye hospital while we were all drunk. <laughs> so uh, you be, be careful with them lines. Yeah, should really be, be laughing. With your lines. <laughs> and uh, three podcasts in a row ladies and gentlemen mr hoyland is becoming a podcast professional how the devil are you eddie <laughs> um, uh, i don't know whether people are, people can relate but i've just had um an accident I've, i was browsing some some websites um if the wife asked it, it was about limes <laughs> and uh, i appear to have made something of a mess on my jogging bottoms um it, it was definitely the lime uh, it was the lime it was the lime. <laughs> lime <Yeah>. porn. <laughs> no, no, that's lemon party. Very different. 
Um, right then, let's let's crack on with some um, Sheffield Wednesday news. Uh, first of all, the Wigan game, boys and girls. Um, rather uh, an odd one, this one, wasn't it? Because it was a, a scrappy affair. Um, we weren't at our best, I think we can all agree. But did the conditions really behoove our best on the evening? Behoove? I think the important, the important question is, was it the responsibility of the fans to G the players up? <laughs> or was it the responsibility of the players to give the fans something to cheer? I am Lord really Hillsborough, good. what do you think? <laughs> Stick to death for that conversation. Uh, to clear this up, though, to be honest, the away fans are amazing. I have no problems whatsoever with, with anybody that goes to watch football as long as they're not stood at the shower pitch, causing players lots of problems and calling them lots of nasty names. Because personally, I believe that players need the mentality um, of, yes, I am ace, and it is our job to give them that mentality. And anybody that doesn't is a tit, in my view. Um, and of course, lots of people disagree with my view, which is fine, of course it's fine those people are allowed to be wrong but um all that said I, that's not the point i was trying to make on the evening the point i was trying to make is we got a clean sheet we got three points and the meltdown on twitter after getting three points and a clean sheet was horrendous wasn't it i i obviously did my normal trick of staying well away from twitter other than to give people <laughs> an update on the snow conditions uh, coming over the snake pass um, after uh, after the after the game, as I, as I said, I now do whether we win, draw, lose, don't play. I I just I kind of just stay away generally. Um, look, all right, look, I can see both sides of the argument on this one because it it wasn't a great performance. Yes, the pitch was definitely a factor. It was a pretty rubbish pitch. Um, it's it's very true. I, I didn't really pay much attention to this until Carlos mentioned it after the game in his interview about the fact that we played on on Tuesday night. The the players got home at something like three in a mo- in the morning. Uh, we played again on Friday night, which means they only had one kind of normal day of training in between. Wigan didn't have a midweek game at all. We had a couple of unexpected injuries. There were lots of reasons, but try, look at it this way, all right? Last season, we struggled against teams at the bottom. We lost at Charlton. We lost at MK Dons. Uh, Rotherham won at Hillsborough. There's a, there's a list of, of, of bad results. And if you if you rewind back then... We talked about, and I think my exact words on the podcast were, we have to find a way to beat these teams. And and at the time, it didn't matter whether it was pretty. We just needed to find a way. Now, if you'd have offered me back then that 12 months on, we could go to Wigan and win 1-0, but it would be a pretty poor game, I'd have snatched your hand off. I'd have taken it. It, it, it doesn't. The performance against teams like Wigan doesn't really matter. And yeah, I get that we've improved the squad. And because of that, we expect better football. I, I get that. Um, and, you know, we, we've got to bear in mind it was game number one with Rhodes through the door. He wasn't match fit. Um, Wigan played pretty close to him all night, although he did get an assist and it was a very good assist. I'm, I'm looking at it like this, which is that, you know, we've we, we, we've gone to Bristol City and we've gone to Wigan. There were always going to be two difficult games. I wanted six points. We got We got four. I'll accept that. Maybe the season starts here. Yeah, I, I, I've got to agree uh, in writ large with you, James, I've got to agree. And uh, we came away with uh, with three points in the bag. And and that's what matters. It doesn't matter how they come. But very rarely will you go and watch any team, to be honest, but specifically Wednesday away from home, um, especially as we are now a top six team going to a bottom three team. And not only do we not play well, but we also 
debut our new super signing the guy who's going to get all of the goals for us forever and ever and ever um and we we produced one shot on target which was deflected and it was the goal so i understand why wednesday fans have gone absolutely mental with how bad the performance was because it was bad and any i don't i can't recall a time that wednesday have ever turned in a performance as anemic as that and with a stat line that shows that we had one shot um, and still come away with three points. So this is uncharted territory for Wednesday fans. And so, of course, they they can't believe that it's worth celebrating and it's it's worthy of praise. The fact well, there that was we good came points up... from the game. You say it was a boring game. I, I thought the defensive performance was brilliant. Yeah, and Sasser was all right, wasn't he? Yeah, Sasser I, was marvellous. Maybe there is a footballer was, in there somewhere. He was muscular. <laughs> his hair looked good. He had great skin tone. Um, you know, he just wears that kit really well. <laughs> but to be, uh, to be honest, um, I think the positives were a clean sheet and a solid performance from uh, Westwood and the two centre-backs in front of him. Um, I think the full-backs really let us down. Neither of them had a good game. Um and I think although we did enough in midfield to both contain Wigan such as they needed containing and produce a few um, chances of our own, I think what this game, I came away from this game thinking we miss not only Hutch, but even more than that, Kieran Lee. Yeah. He is the oh, fulcrum around everything that we do that is good. He unlocks what Barry Bannon does best. He unlocks what Fernando Forestieri does best. And I can only imagine the sort of uh, of effect that he would be able to have on Jordan Rhodes in terms of the freedom he will give Jordan Rhodes to just go and be a striker. And, and that, for me, is the reason that we we haven't played well recently and the reason why Friday night was, looked so uh, so anemic. Bloody hell, any other team that was better than Wigan and they were pretty shambolic would have had us for breakfast, wouldn't they? You see, that's not an argument in my book because any other team would play completely different tactics. Wigan are a very good defensive team. They locked up and essentially were trying to get us on a break. Until Wigan, we Wigan are second up. bottom. They're not a good defensive team at all. They're second bottom because they've been getting beat. But they don't concede many goals. They, no, they, they, just, they were poor though. They were a poor team, and and they and were they, should, they, should they were there for the taking. That that period towards the back end of the second half, when it was the only time in the game where I kind of looked at it and thought, "We're in control of this. We're in control of this game. It's just a matter of time." Um, we 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 should have done more with 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 that period. You know, we should have been, frankly, we should have been out of sight by half time when when we've got that period where we're. Um, where we're on top, I I think all that's true. I I, I come away and yeah, you know, I'm I'm probably um, I I'm, I'm a bit stupid in terms of how positive I try and be about these kind of things. But um, you've got to bear in mind we we are playing a team there in Wigan who, although they were poor, they did look like they were fighting for their lives. And and yeah. sometimes at this at this point of the season when everyone's got something to to, to play for still. Um, teams like Wigan are just as difficult to go and play as if we were going to Leeds or we're going to Huddersfield. The teams at the top end of the table and the teams at the bottom end of the table, the different games of football, but when you're on a pitch like that and you've had one day to train, it, it can be a bit of a level of that. And, and, and I think that there's a lot to be said for if... Let's imagine that you're a Wednesday fan. For whatever reason, you didn't see the game and, and you went on the Sky Sports app after you 
after the game and, and on your phone and looked and you saw that we won, won 1-0 at, at Wigan, you'd be absolutely pleased as punch. It's three points. Um, granted, I don't think we can play like that for the rest of the season and, 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 and get promoted or even probably finish in the playoffs. But as a, as a one-off game in those circumstances against that team, I'll still take it. They won every second ball, though, didn't they, James? You know, the number of times where we got the ball safely away from a Wigan attack and the number of times it came straight back, straight back at us or the number of times we would be in possession and we'd, we'd play generally a fairly pointless, hopeless, hopeful ball, um, it, you know, in towards an attacking part of the pitch and the second ball would drop to them. And especially second half, we left David Jones on an island and expected him to just deal with everything that was coming at him. And he didn't very well, particularly. I, I don't, I, I don't I, I, disagree with any of that. I, I just think, can you um, can you really take some of those pointers and, and apply them to what happens next in, in the regards of how much of that is, is just a bit of a one-off in the circumstances? You know, we, we aren't the same team without Leuvens and Lees together. You know that's that's a given for yeah. for what you know we kept a clean sheet. Sasso played all right, but there's something about those two together. There's also something about having Hutch in front of them. It, it does something in 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 the game. Um, and and actually the the one thing that I'd really criticise off the back of the uh, the Wigan game, and I feel really awful doing this because it's someone that I kind of feel like I've stuck up for quite a bit, but. Um, yeah, I've said time and time again that I've, I, you know, I see something there that, that is going to come good, and I'm just not seeing it. Is Adam Reach, who I thought had a really poor game on 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 Friday, um, and the last few games that he's played in, whether it's because he's doesn't really know what his role in the team's supposed to be, I don't know. But he looks out of sorts when the ball comes near him. He looks almost frightened of it. Um, and it hit me on Friday when you know Reach Reach was was having a bit of a, a stinker at times during that game. And and it just occurred to me, and I thought, you know what? I saw more in Morgan Fox on his debut uh, at Bristol City than I think I've seen out of Adam Reach altogether in his time at Wednesday so far. And I want him to do well. I want him to come good. But it's it's not happening at the moment, and I'm not sure he deserves a place in the team right now. Did, did you, you notice, Did though, you let him the... know your feelings there, James? Did you call him lots of ugly names to make sure that he was aware of uh, your exact feelings about his uh, particular position no, uh, I, in your heart? I did what all good fans should do, and I put it onto a note on my iPhone and thought, I'll mention that in the podcast <laughs> during the week. Did you notice uh, that throughout the, the game, um, what we do, and you'll see, especially, you know, Jack Hunt on the right, but also Poodle on the left, that, you know, we generally play overlapping fullbacks, don't we? How many times on Friday night did Adam Reach have the ball and you'd see Jack Hunt bombing in behind him and then just standing about 10 feet behind him? There's got to have been a reason. There's got to have been something that had been ordered by the coaching staff to say, we are not going to go with, with fullbacks bombing on over the top of um, if you, our wingers. Uh, if and you listen back to that, last week, Eddie... I said exactly yeah. the same about the other side of the pitch. Yeah. I, I, not, I noticed the same thing. Why, yeah. There's no Gary Neville, David Beckham crossovers. And it, but historically, especially at Hillsborough, we've always done it, haven't we? Because oh, Lee Briscoe the, loved them. No, 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 I, mean, yeah, I mean, historically with this side, not just, not just Lee Briscoe. Not, I <laughs> Lee would Briscoe. love to have Lee Briscoe back, let's be honest. But um, <laughs> yeah, historically with this side, you know, we have used both um, you know, both Poodle, but also uh, Adam Reach when he's played that role. And we've, we, we we use Hunt and um, and Ramon the exact same way. So that, you know, they bomb on past and we get 
the other side turned. That hasn't happened recently at all. And certainly on Friday night, there were times when almost Jack Hunt had, um, like, you know, like a, 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 an elastic band preventing him from going any further. And then he would drop back in. And I wonder whether there was something about the way that Wigan were playing where Carlos had said, we're going to prevent them getting over the top of us and hitting on the break by ensuring that our fullbacks sit in behind our wingers. And I think maybe Adam Reach lost something because he was expecting to be able to play hunting. Um, and as a result, he didn't really know what to do because he is kind of that hybrid wing back slash uh, mid, uh, you know, wide midfielder. So I don't know. I'd, I wouldn't have a go at, at Adam Reach for that. I think he's been, he, he hasn't been great the last two or three games, but I still think he is, uh, he shows enough to, to, for us to know that he is a, a classy player. I just think you've got to use him more, uh, use him correctly. And I wonder whether we have on the other side of the pitch, maybe not keep an eye on him as much. And also Wallace is a, he's a pure winger, isn't he? And, uh, you know, and, and you know what, if we rewind back six weeks, um, people were saying Wallace has lost it. He's, he's dropped off from last year. And Reach was the guy who looked to be the attacking threat. And I wonder, even Carlos mentioned it in one of his post-match interviews quite recently. He was saying, um, you know, Ross Wallace, people have said he's had bad games. He has had the game that he has been told to play because everyone has a role. And it's not about the individual, it's about the team. And I really wonder whether they've kind of shifted it because Wallace is in quite good form at the moment, whether they've said, right, Ross Wallace, you've got license to do what you need to do. And, and on the other side, you know, Forestieri is going to get the license to go, uh, you know, high up the pitch to the left and Reach has to sit in a little bit more. And I wonder whether it's just not a great fit for him at the moment. And that's why he looks a bit underwhelming. Maybe. Maybe, maybe you're right. I just felt there were times on on Friday where even down to his first touch was just it was just wayward. And I appreciate he's got a five million pound price tag on him, but I don't, I don't care how much a, a player costs. You know, Ross Wallace costs costs nothing. You, you've just you've got to you've just got to do it. You've got to do it on the pitch. And I've just just don't feel I've been seeing it from Adam Reach. And it's a shame because I, I want him to do well. I really want him to do well. Um, I, I just feel at the moment he he kind of kind of stood out a little bit as the weak link for me on Friday. There was certain occasions where he was getting absolutely mullered by the opposition as well. There were a few. Decent, I mean, the one where he brought it out of the defence really, really well. His second touch was a bit heavy actually, and then he just got clattered. And there was maybe three or four occasions where that happened as well. So yeah. I, I do think he was sort of uh, targeted by Wigan. Um, but uh, hey, we'll see. Championship. Listen, I, you know what? You, I, I've been, I've been chewing my fist off listening to you guys chat about that game there. <laughs> I can hear you I, revving um, up in the background. For I know. I've, I've been trying. I've been trying. But <laughs> this, this, this game didn't annoy me as much as the Bristol City one. As ridiculous as that sounds, <laughs> maybe because we came away with three points, and that might, you know, that might change my mind on it a little bit. And, and is that because you have to spend the evening with me in Bristol? <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where it is. That's where it is. Um, but I, I had too much butt come. So, the, <laughs> with with Bristol City, I was getting annoyed. You know, Eddie, Eddie picked up on the fact that the fullbacks don't overlap. And that might be because we're playing this 4-3-3 or 4-5-1, however you want to do it. And the attacking midfielders, as it were, on the right and left, are encouraged not to get to the byline and ping one in. It's to come inside like Rivaldo used to do in the 90s, that type of thing. Maybe it's that. You know, I, I, I believe, like Eddie says, that there is a... A, an instruction there that we're that we that they have been told to do. However, it, the Wigan was truly awful, 
I mean, it was awful. And, and you're completely right, Eddie, again, with the, the disjoint between the three phases of the field was incredibly poor. Jordan Rhodes is up there, and I agree, not much fit, but, you know, we know he's capable of scoring goals, so we're not pressing the panic button after that performance. But he was just on his own. He was just tottering yes. around on his Jack Jones. He had, and, that, and that defender, there was no point in lumping it up to him. I, and Jordan Rhodes is a big lad, and he, you know, he, he's a physical fella, but he, was just, he, was, he didn't win anything. He didn't win a thing. Because, he did, because he won the flick on for he, a goal. He, yeah, he got the assist, didn't yeah. he? Well, how many was that in how many? You know what I mean? It, I, it, it doesn't matter. He was the one that what we needed to win. And that's, that's, but, I think that's where that myself and other Wednesday yes. are, are struggling. No. I get that. I get that. But I, th- I think what what the issue is with the Wednesday, I say, and it's and it's all the things that we mentioned before. But this isn't just one crap performance. It's three and a half months. Sorry, yeah, three months. Three months and one week is is how long we've been we've been playing very average. I, you know, Newcastle watched, match accepted. Yeah, I, I I watched lyrical about three performances, and that was Huddersfield, Newcastle, and Barnsley. Apart from that, in the last three months, we've been distinctly average. Now, is that because of... Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, Lord H, because I know what you're going to say. We're still six and, we, and we've managed to do that by not playing our best. And, and I get that. Don't get me wrong. But have people worked us out or is the spark not there anymore? And, and well, I people think... have worked us out and that's why their tactics have changed. Last season, there was a wonderful write-up from a chap... Um, I forget his name, football writer on Twitter, and that puts far more eloquently what I've been trying to waffle on about for the last week. Last season, people didn't expect this from us, and they didn't respect Sheffield Wednesday at all, and they came at us and attacked us. That that attack that that we were given created so much space on the pitch for us to run into that it was brilliant, and we just was that the was that the article rip. that James shared. Yes, I believe it was. Um, was that the thing that, Matt, that Matt wrote? Yeah, yeah, yes, very, very well written piece of, piece of work. Very well and, if, uh, and we should tweet that from the uh, from the Wednesday yes. week account actually, because I, th- I think it was a, I think James, you wrote the caveat on it that said a a very balanced view of what we believe to be going wrong at Sheffield Wednesday, and I th- I thought that was spot on. I think it was a lot more, uh, like you say, a lot more eloquent than than the, the way waffling, no. <laughs> <laughs> than the way no, we, right. we we can put it across. But you know, well, that's the thing, I, but, but now we have to create. In, in my personal opinion, we have to create that space, and and people have disagreed with this on Twitter as well, which is fine. I. I have no problem with people disagreeing with what I say. I'm used to it. H- say <laughs> that I'm wrong about something. Uh, but in my opinion, when, when we're seeing now at the back, we, we pack, we're packing it, sort of sticking to the back. And and I personally... And, and I get that. that. I get that. But, you know, you've got players like Bannon who are spanking these big, long Hollywood goals. Whereas, and, and I agree with you, I think Kieran Lee is the linchpin in a lot of this. Um, where Kieran Lee plays some beautiful little triangles in the middle of the park, some little... Two-yard, three-yard passes, lovely little one-twos. Bannon is very good at those when he plays them, but he doesn't play them enough for me. He wants to do a big, long slap to hit this geezer on the far line and they can cut inside and then they've got all that space to run at. And, and if teams are sitting back, that is absolutely bloody useless because you've just hit it to a geezer who's sat in front of four people who are there to try to stop him. And that's where it's falling apart for me. They're just There is no link-up between... The areas of the pitch, you know, you've got the midfield trying to spank Hollywood ball or, or kick ten bells out of somebody, or you've got the the fullbacks that don't want to overlap on the wingers because we haven't really got wingers. We've got attackers that we've stuck out the wing because we've got ten strikers. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's just not working, and there is something missing. And, and I believe it is Kieran Lee. 
And yeah, uh, there is no box-to-box midfielder at the moment. There is isn't. There? And uh, that's what I think, Kieran Lee was. And I think that that Wigan performance itself was just another average performance since the early part of November. Doesn't matter. Three points, clean sheet. Doesn't make a tit of a difference on that to me. Honestly, does not. And I know I obviously watched the game. I, I, the fans that were there were amazing. Obviously, James, Eddie, when Semedo came on, how beautiful was that? Oh. Oh. Oh, you know what? It made That made a cold, wet, awful game of football something that I will always remember. Because, you know what? I, I, there's no room for sentiment in football at times. You know, it, we we know, look at the team that we've got. Could we have imagined having those players even three years ago? Um, our favourites then are no longer our favourites now. But something transcends being good enough to be a fan favourite. So, you know, at the moment, we've got players who are good enough to get songs in their honour. And once upon a time, Jose Semedo was arguably our best player. And he got a song, a great song in his honour. The fact that we are singing his name no longer has anything to do with his ability to play either holding midfielder or at centre-back. It's about the fact that he is one of us. He has told us he's one of us. He's demonstrated he's one of us. His, um, his heart and soul is with Sheffield Wednesday. He is as much of a fan of Sheffield Wednesday as Gary Megson, as Howard Wilkinson, as David Hurst, probably even more so than Hursty. This guy epitomises where we've come from and what we are now. And it was amazing to be there and to hear for the last, probably, what was it, eight minutes of the game? The Wednesday fans, bereft of any other encouragement to sing anything else, sang their hearts out for Jose Semedo and for him at the end of the the end of the game to come up to the uh, away end and do the, these huge heart symbols showing what it meant to him. Ah, you know what? To be part of that, that will do me. That will do me because that's what it is to be a Sheffield Wednesday fan and that is what it is to encourage Sheffield Wednesday players to love this team as much as we do. Absolutely. And we don't always get it right, but, you know, the value of doing it, and you've copped a lot of flack on Twitter this week, my lord. Me? For, <laughs> yeah, for, for saying that actually the fans need to get behind the players. Look at what happens when we do get behind the players. You convert a guy who is a random Portuguese dude and you turn him into the biggest champion for our club that you will ever get to the point where... There is not an infinitesimally small chance that Cristiano Ronaldo will end his career at Sheffield Wednesday because his best mate says, yeah, come on, man, you've got to do this. So, yeah, I think, you know, if you ever doubted the effect that you can have on the Sheffield Wednesday players by backing them, listen to what Jose Semedo says. Listen to that crowd giving, singing that song and giving that experience to Jose Semedo. That is what it is to be a football fan, and that's what it is to be part of this Wednesday family. The the one great thing that I took away from that game was that moment, and that will live with me for a long time because it meant everything to us to say thank you to Jose, but to him to hear that again five years after he was really relevant to our team. Do we know who uh, Upadil's best mate is? We need is, to find if out. It's, if it's Nedved, we're all right. <laughs> is it? Is it Hamshik? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I think I think we need a Padil song quickly, just in case. He's not got enough syllables for a song. I'm going to sound like a grumpy old man on this, but you know, I I don't 100% disagree with Eddie. But I think a lot of singing Tomato's name for the last 20 minutes just smacked the boredom for me because people bored. Shut You're wrong. Thanks, but you're wrong. I had a take on this, uh, which I tweeted the other day, which is that, you know, I don't. I was singing along with uh, everyone. I, I love Jose Samido as, as much as anyone does. Um, and I, I, I feel like I'm becoming this guy's greatest fan now, but Ross Wallace scores three and four goals, and people barely even mention his name. Samido comes on for seven minutes. I don't, I'm not even sure he touched the ball. Um, and people sing his song for uh, un- until, you know, some fans were halfway back over bloody Woodhead and the fans in the ground still singing Jose Samido's name. You think, I, I don't know. What, what do you have to do? I love Ross Wallace. He's, he's rapidly becoming one of my favourites. Yeah, definite. We need uh, a song. Why, why, don't, why haven't we... We need a Wallace em- song. Why haven't we what? embraced Ross Wallace? Because he scored, he scored goals... At absolutely critical times as well, hasn't he? He scored yeah. screamers, but he scored iconic goals. So is, is it just H. the fact that, that we just haven't come up with one yet? So, Lord H, over to you. We'll leave that with you. I've been working on Grand Lubin's song this week, actually. Um, hopefully, we'll see that soon. So, uh, if you have any uh, suggestions, <laughs> ladies and gents, uh, please do answers on a... Probably not a postcard, um, but maybe on the website or probably over there on Twitter as well. And we will be happy to uh, produce your ideas and turn them into wonderful, wonderful tunes. No, I was just going to say on, on that uh, subject as well, and I was talking to someone in the toilet after the game about this on... Um, it's always awkward. Right then, ladies and gents, so let's crack on with some Wednesday news, shall we? And although uh, Mr Dickey isn't here this evening, chaps, I think we should break into the rumour lounge, because uh, there is a last little bit of a uh, sort of... Uh, the uh, rumour trans- lounge. <laughs> the rumour lounge. <laughs> It'll make up sort of what kind of idea this rumour lounge wants to be one day. Um, but certainly, uh, one last little sort of bit of transfer news is that Mr Dielna has finally popped off on loan, hasn't he? Bless him. Um... A bit of a mixed bag, Miss Neil. Now you know me. I'm I'm one for getting behind the team. Of course I am. But this chap um, had more than one occasion slighted the club on Twitter, and after a fashion, I can kind of understand why he wasn't given a squad number, and then apparently he wasn't allowed to leave, and and then there was that argument as well. But he did score a belting goal against Blackburn that time, didn't he? He, he, he did, did. He leave yeah. as, as did as he left the club with his shorts at kind of half match. <laughs> As he had basically never pulled him up since that goal at Blackburn. <laughs> questionable fashion sense throughout, didn't he, really? <laughs> Put a little tweet out there saying the good, the bad and the ugly. The good, Blackburn goal. The bad, nasty tweets. The ugly, well, pick a photo of him, basically, because some of that fashion is absolutely French, shall we say. <laughs> Bless him. But I, I don't think... He was never going to get back into the team, was he? I don't think it wasn't good. No, he wasn't. So, yes, uh, good old Mr. Dionne. Uh, it's only on loan. His contract runs out at the end of the season, so I, I don't think we're going to see him back, are we? My apologies for not responding sooner there, Lloyd Hills, but I was sat Googling uh, Dave Ponchanziri to see if I'd come up with some hilarious lyrics to Don't Stop Believing. Um, <laughs> you're going to have to leave me on that one. Give me 10 minutes. No okay, so the reason why I didn't respond was that I, I honestly didn't give a shit about Claude Dionne. You were, you were looking at lime porn. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was just getting a, beautiful, uh, a bottle of beautiful O'Hara's out of the fridge. It's all I've got left from my uh, Christmas case of beer. Dark chocolate and vanilla flavours combine with the mild mocha aroma. 
Sounds are good. Are you talking it? about your beer, or are you talking about Claude Delma? Yeah, Claude Delma. That's, <laughs> that's his shorts. <laughs> can, can we talk about the proper news this evening? The thing that actually really yeah. matters, which is the fact, fact that the fact that uh, Wigan and Norwich have drawn to all. That's wonderful. Which Double is a uh, brace for Omar Bogal. I, I wonder what I mean. We go to Wigan and lose, and our fans going to meltdown. I mean, there will be Norwich fans throwing themselves off motorway bridges right now at the fact that they've gone to Wigan and not even won and conceded two goals. Yeah, fair point. See, good team. I keep I kept telling everybody, nobody will listen. Wigan are a decent team. Yes, they're obviously in the bottom three, but still, very good team. Very impressed. And of course, it stopped Norwich from leapfrogging us into the playoff spots as well. Yeah, so yes, there, there was a. Five points clear if we win on Friday. Five points. There was up. no, we can't be. There was there was a point there. Oh yeah, we should be. Yeah, actually, yeah. There was a there was a point there where we dropped into seventh before Omo Borgel Borgel Rice and Bees uh, scored his brace. I um, think that might have been racist. I apologise if it was. No, I, it, I'm doing an impression off both selector. It's fine. It's all right. <laughs> Kiss my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> but no, brilliant news, absolutely fantastic. Well done, Mr. Bogle. Um, and uh, your bread is on its way. We've not given anybody any bread for ages, have we? That used to be a wonderful thing. Yeah, get my uh, bread out. <laughs> get your bread out. Uh, back to the uh, the Wednesday news, and of course, uh, Man of the Month this month has been given to Mr. Wallace, which. I don't think we can argue with. Of course, there's always the usual people in there with a shout as well. Westwood, just standardly brilliant now, isn't he? Absolutely fantastic. Um, I also think that Lubens, um has been really, really good as well just recently. And and obviously, it's not a, a Hollywood position, is it, centre-back? So um, I don't think he's ever going to sort of reach the heights of man of the month. But Wallace has had a fantastic time, as James mentioned earlier, hasn't he? Yeah, he's had a great... I mean, he's, 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 I mentioned it before, he scored three in four and um, there is. he's shown a level of consistency, I think, that we've really struggled to see through um, through this month and I think he's a, he's a fair choice and, and, and fair dues for, to Wednesday fans for voting for him because it must be the first time that he's won this award because he, he tends to kind of be not quite the forgotten guy, but you kind of... You feel like he's someone that doesn't need that arm around his shoulder. He doesn't need that recognition. You know, we... We, we kind of think of Fessy as someone that, that kind of needs that pat on the back. Um, and Wallace just kind of gets on with stuff. So I think it's really nice for him and, and well-deserved this month. I think he's had a cracking month. Absolutely. I mean, you notice he's always got the same lovely little jumping fist goal celebration as well. I remember when Alan Shearer used to do his finger in the air thing. Wallace has got the one celebration he does. He runs into the corner and does a little hop and puts his fist in the air, which is Beautiful, love it, absolutely fantastic. But he also does that kind of bum slide thing where his shorts go like quite awkwardly up his crack. <laughs> yeah, they do. yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's yeah. not ideal. Oh. It depends which way you look at it, doesn't it? Really? Can't, can't well, be ideal. Yeah, I don't want to look at it that way. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, then, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, other little bits of Wendy news. Obviously, Fudge, you mentioned that uh, Bannon um, has not been. Pulling up any trees just recently, but apparently um, it was uh, he's been having a little chat with uh, Mr. Housen over there at the Star, and there has been a bit of a, a secret injury problem with uh, Mr. Bannon as well. Apparently he's had some um, some foot issues uh, underneath his foot, and he's been having um, pain-killing injections for this little problem, which is why we might have noticed a little bit of a, a drop-off on form. I don't, this is not a secret that his form's dropped, but can we use this as a... Not so much an excuse, but a reasoning as to why we've not seen the best of Mr. Bannon this season. Is is there is is the flip side to this that whose whose decision was it that he carried on 
playing even though he, he, he you know, if, if this is the reason why he's maybe not been at his best. So if we're saying we, we accept the fact that he's not been putting in 100% performances and it's because he's been um, playing uh, with an injury, should he not have been not playing those games and recovering from his injury, considering the fact that we have quite a few midfielders? I, I, I'm not sure whether or not I feel um, it's great that he's battled through or whether or not I just think, well, hang on, someone's made a really silly decision somewhere in there. Well, apparently it's the same thing that's essentially happened with uh, with Kieran Lee as well, hasn't it? He's, he's had this, this injury issue for a while and he just could no longer go on. Um, I'll be honest with you, my first thought when I first saw this is, well, obviously, as Mr Bannon is injured, he should have time to rest and recuperate. Clearly, Bannon's not the type of chap that's going to want to do that. I think we can all agree on that, can't we, uh, boys and girls? Um, but... Is it more pointing to the fact that does Carlos have confidence in the uh, the other five thousand midfielders we have? Obviously, Abdi's been out and etc. 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 But does it really point to the fact that Carlos might think, oh, you know what, these other players, even an injured Bannon, is better than what we've got left? Is that a bit worrying? That's a real he worry. Isn't even, it? It, you know what? It, it doesn't even seem like he's he's playing injured in the sense that you know he's he's not limited in the way that he plays. Um, I worry generally that Carlos clearly has his favourites in midfield and um, there are players who, who have a lot to offer, if used correctly, um, that aren't getting a chance. And I would always think it's better to play players who are fit and, and give even key players who are carrying injuries chance to recover. But um, I don't know. Do we rock the boat now? We are... We, we're not a juggernaut by any means. We're not moving anywhere closer to automatic, but at the same time, we're quite happily containing our position and maintaining our position in the playoffs. So, I I don't know. I I would hate us to get to a point where um, we ride players so hard that when it gets to the real business end of the season, we lose them because the injuries finally take their toll, and we end up with players who haven't had uh, a chance to, to you know to to bed in. Um, I think Armand Abdi is the perfect example. Clearly a classy player. Uh, he hasn't had enough chance to be part of this team. And if we then need to rely on him later on in the season, I don't think that he will be a success. Whereas if we play him occasionally now, um, he could play himself into the team. He's coming back from injury as well, isn't he? That has to be said. Obviously, he's not at the greatest time. We have this wonderful thing yeah. at Sheffield Wednesday at the moment where people come in and just be injured for a long time. Um, obviously, we've seen Irby uh, has been out playing for the um, with the youths as well. He had a run out. I saw a few pictures uh, tweeted by by Miss Housen as well. Um, a few other people sort of on the way back, uh, Mr Hooper, etc., etc., etc. And obviously, the biggest thing of this is, is Matthias. We, we've not seen him. We, we don't know where he is. He's, he's injured. He, he gets better. He gets injured again. And of course, Mello, who, very similar sort of thing. Just this this thing where we seem to buy these players and we're really excited about them and they're just not very well, are they? Um, so I don't know what kind of medical they have before they come to the club, but clearly um, Ben Marshall's been taking up all the medical. Um... Yeah. He's on, the, he's on all the machines, <laughs> isn't he? That's what it is. He's t- taking up everything. <laughs> he's broken into all the chuffer. Um, right, so yes, uh, obviously it is nice either way that this has, has come out and we know that Bannon hopefully should be back to, to full strength and we can see him um, doing what Bannon does best. 
Um, right, then, ladies and gents, on with some other Wednesday news. Now, we have got a bit of a, a Wednesday night in need of uh, some assistance, boys and girls. So uh, prick up your ears and get ready for this. Uh, Mr. Ian Toothill is a, a very brave chap who, in 2015, was um, di- uh, diagnosed with bowel cancer. Um, and unfortunately, it looks like it's going to be terminal. And he only has several months left to live, according to his doctors. Now, this incredibly brave, brave gent has decided that uh, in his uh, sort of remaining months, um, he is going to um, scale Mount Everest in aid of charity. Of course, the reason we're mentioning this is although uh, Mr. Toothill lives down south in that there London, um, he is a, a, a big, big Wednesday. He's from Sheffield. And um, I would urge all Wednesdayites to jump on his page and uh, get your shekels out, ladies and gents, and uh, let's really support this guy. Now... He is a, a, a mountain climber. This is not his first foray um, up the peaks, shall we say. Um, but this is just amazing, isn't it? Fancy having this as your, your final hurrah, if you like. It's, it's pretty amazing. Now, I, I heard a bit about this on, um, on, on Radio Sheffield this evening on Football Heaven because uh, his, one of his best mates, uh, Richard, had tweeted about it earlier and then rang up the, uh, the show and, and talked about it. And it's... Um, I mean, it's 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 a remarkable story. I, I want to say it's an amazing story, and you 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 feel reluctant to kind of say like ridiculously positive things about something that stems from something that's 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 just so sad, really. Um, but yeah, what what what's happening is that he's trying to raise. So he's he set up a um, a GoFundMe page, and he's trying to raise just under uh, thirty thousand pounds, which will um, pay for uh, his trip up uh, Everest. And um, what he said is that if, uh, obviously he's a big Wednesday fan and his plan was when he got to the top of Everest to put a Sheffield Wednesday flag at the top. He said if a Sheffield United fan donates donates £1,000, then he'll put a United flag up instead. And lo and behold, what happens that uh, a United fan donated £1,000 and um, and so he's now going to have to put a, a United flag up instead. And um, <laughs> you know we we have our intercity rivalry, and there's times at which it pales into insignificance and becomes something completely irrelevant. And this is absolutely one of those times because absolute you know maximum respect to um, to that United fan um, who's who's done that. His mate did say actually he's now revised it and said if if there's a Wednesday fan that will donate ten thousand pounds, then he'll change it back to a Wednesday flag. So um, <laughs> you know I will just put it out there. If there's anyone out there that's got you know. 10 grand sitting around, nothing better to do. Uh, it's a brilliant cause and um, a lovely story. Um, if, if you want to look it up on GoFundMe and maybe you want to make a donation yourself, um, it's the, the address is it's GoFundMe.com slash Climbing Everest for Cancer. Uh, I think also as well, if you hashtag uh, Climbing Everest for Cancer, um, then you'll, you'll find some of the backstory there um, as well. And I would like to say, because I do hold the purse strings to the uh, sponsorship account of the Wednesday week, we are going to be making a donation to this one ourselves. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you do do a little um, online Google search as well for uh, Ian Toothill, I'm sure you'll see all the information on there as well. A brilliant, brilliant story. Presumably, um, the, um, the the deal with the flag is that he's going to get really close to the top and get ready to plant the United flag, and then <laughs> he just, he's going to drop drop just slightly and just plant the United flag. You know, maybe like a third of the way up. <laughs> Um, and then that that flag will just stay there for six years. Is that, yep. is that and then the plan? and then put a Wednesday flag slightly <laughs> above that and a little message in between saying "Mind the gap." I think is probably <laughs> the plan across like a, a mountain crevice. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, in uh, all seriousness, a, 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 a amazing cause, amazing idea to do it. And kudos to the United fan that has done that. And uh, you know what? If he, he When he gets up there and he plants that flag, uh, I won't be uh, begrudging it whatsoever. That's uh, a fantastic thing. Absolutely. Um, right, then, other little bits of Wednesday news this week. Uh, basically, nonsense. However, one really important thing is we now have new binmen at Wednesdays, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we have signed a two-year contract with a brand-new recycling company, and Sheffield Wednesday will now be a 0% waste to landfill football club, which will um, heartily uh, G up all the... Uh, um, what's a nice word to put this? Um... Environmental folks out there. Uh, I was trying, trying not to be disrespectful then. I uh, hope it didn't come across that way as well. Um, so, yes, although there was one thing that I noticed, that in the little sort of press write-up, um, the chap that's in charge of the bin men, Mr Richard Webster, said that Sheffield Wednesday are a very prestigious football club. Who's not told him to say massive? Surely this is in the press pack for anybody. Uh, so, 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 yeah, I was going to say that's some very poor preparation on Absolutely. somebody's behalf there. It's probably all these sackings behind the board that Chancery keeps doing. You know, these people <laughs> that come in, come in. I'm blaming Glenn Roder for that one. <laughs> I um, This got me in a bit of trouble the other day because um, I spotted it. It's, it's DJB Recycling, isn't it? Which I don't know why I find it so hard to say, but I really do. Um, and um, they tweeted it. So I quoted the tweet and just said, because it said something about how they've uh, what is it, announced a new waste management partnership with SWFC. So I just quoted it and put, they're taking McGugan and Nui then, yeah? And, <laughs> and got a load of stick back about uh, how, why are people so disrespectful to Atty Nui? And I'm like, come on, it's clearly a joke. It's clearly a joke. No, no you, you don't make jokes about Atty Nui, James. Have you not learned this yet? It's, it's just wrong and bad and you should yeah. be ashamed of yourself. All right, Get well, they, the they could take McGugan, he's shit. <laughs> I, got, I, I, got, I got a similar bit of grief because I just wrote get in the bin because you know it's, a, it's, it's yeah. a thing that I say and I thought it'd be quite funny and uh, no I, I, I got I, I got a lot of grief going they're just a company trying to make some money and you know we should get behind them but I think get behind them they collect bloody bins do you know what I mean? I couldn't, I couldn't give a shit. It was DJC picked it up the week after. I'm not, I'm not bothered. <laughs> but, but they are a family-run company and they are a local business and they have got lovely big, well, there was a lovely big Wednesday badge on the side of the skip, which I didn't know if that was brilliant or a bit weird being on the side of a skip. Uh, Either I, way. I, as soon as the Sheffield United fans pick that up, then, uh, <laughs> then yeah, they'll reconsider that. <laughs> Whether you're celebrating a birthday... A wedding or anniversary. Maybe you've passed your driving test. Or you've landed a new job. Well, whatever your reason for a party, the Riverside Cafe is the perfect location on Catch Bar Lane overlooking Hillsborough Stadium. To inquire about hiring us for your function, call 07989 856 054 or 0114-232-6121. Um, right then, ladies and gents, so let's crack on. Of course, we have two matches in the upcoming week. The first one on a Friday evening against Birmingham, who... I've been really, really bad just recently, but did manage to uh, sort of scrape a 1-0 draw against Fulham, who have been decent just recently, haven't they, Fulham? But Birmingham have just been shocking. Um, all the way through January, they didn't win a game. They, I think, was it they drew two and lost five or something ridiculous like that? And they really have been bad. Zola has been having an awful time there, hasn't he? 
it's not it's not been happening for him as yet has it and um this is one of the things I've quoted in arguments with people over the last few weeks who've said, oh, it's time for Carlos to to go as much as I understand why there's people saying it because they feel the tactics are wrong. And when the tactics are wrong, you've only really got one option you can go with. But, um, you know, Birmingham changed their manager, who I think was a a pretty all-round well-respected guy. I think, you know, fans of of most other clubs in the championship were, were looking in there saying he's done a pretty remarkable job. They were absolutely terrible when... What was it? Was it Clark who was their manager before? Um, oh, Gary. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Clark. Yeah, and yeah, Gary yeah. Rowett, yeah. Under, I mean, they were terrible under Clark. They, they escaped relegation by the skin of their teeth on the last day of the season. Gary Rowett comes in and did a miraculous job there. Um, and the, their subsequent form under Zola would, would suggest that actually they're really not very good. Um, Rowett just managed to get the very best out of an average group of, um, of players. It, it's not a game I'm particularly worried about in the sense of the fact that, like I say, I actually think that we found out that, that Birmingham are a fairly average team. Uh, that said, you know, a bit of confidence can do wonders for a team. The fact that they've got their first win, it, it's difficult to interpret whether that's a good thing or a bad thing for us because maybe it means that um, they're not going to be playing with quite as much intensity, that desperation to get that first win. On the other hand, they're going to have that little bit of um, of confidence. I think it really just comes down to us doing a really professional job again on um, on Friday. Um, I think that we, you know, our home form has still been pretty good this season. Um, and, you know, with, with Jordan Rhodes having spent another week with the, the team now, not having a midweek game this week, lots of opportunity to maybe try a few new things. Um, I'm hoping that we'll maybe see a slightly more adventurous style of play on Friday um, and that that will hopefully lead to a a much more kind of positive performance and hopefully lots of goals. That's what we want. Lots and lots and lots of lovely, big, juicy Jordan Road type goals. It'd be lovely, wouldn't it? (laughs) We spend a lot of time, don't we, on this podcast uh, looking forward to the games that are upcoming and saying, earmarking them and saying this... This is the one. This is the one where someone's going to get a spanking. All of the stars are aligning. Jordan Rhodes has now got another week under his belt as part of the team. His match fitness is getting better. He's definitely going to score at least one, probably two, uh, maybe even three. We're going to absolutely smash Twelve. You know, Twelve goals. You know, <laughs> we do not have a right to expect anything more than a... Um, a good performance. Having said that, Birmingham can't buy a win at the moment. I don't think Zola is the answer. If if he's the answer, you're asking the wrong questions. Um, we need to go and impose ourselves. I say this every time we play at home. We have the opportunity to really impose our style of play on this. And, and you know what? Get them turned. We say it an awful lot as well. Get them turned. If we can actually whip balls in to Jordan Rhodes... Um, and even if there's a chance to get Sam Winnell on there and whip balls in, get them in dangerous positions, and let's just let's try and get some shots on target and get some chances that are forcing the goalkeeper into action. That would be an improvement on Friday night. And actually, I don't think Birmingham are much of a better side than Wigan were. Wigan were very well organised and they were very well motivated. I think Birmingham have got better players 
I don't think they're as motivated because that you know they're settling into a mid-table season. These are the games that we absolutely need to win. So I'd expect us to come out strong. I'd expect us to come out aggressively, um, and I'd expect us to have a single-minded focus, which is get Jordan Rhodes goals. And who could possibly disagree, Eddie? Oh boy, nobody, absolutely nobody. And of course, once we've uh, trounced Birmingham fifteen uh, nil, we've got Blackburn as well. And again, Blackburn have been having, yes, they're in the bottom three. They're not very good at the moment, but they have had a bit of a mini resurgence themselves just recently. Haven't they? The uh, the beat QPR um, on Saturday. Um, had a bit of a tussle with Leeds, lost, ended up losing 2-1. But they did sort of beat Blackpool in the FA Cup as well and, and drew with Birmingham um, Saturday previous as well. So they are trying, aren't they, Blackburn? And it has to be said, some, I mean, some of their players must be on still huge amounts of money. But dare we say this is one we should be winning or is that just going to come back and slap us in the face again? I, I see where you're coming from in saying that. Um, I, for, I'll, I'll summarise this as simple as this, which is that between now and the end of the season, we have to win all our home games. That For me, that's a, a given. And I don't care whether or not it's um, Newcastle that we're playing or it's Blackburn that we're playing or it's you know Birmingham that we're, we're playing. We, we have to win them. And, and, and you know, if, if that's an arrogant way of looking up upon it, then so be it. You know, we, we need to go out on, on Tuesday and do whatever it takes to win that game. Um, you know, th- they're a poor team this season at uh, 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 Blackburn. Um, I have enough faith in Carlos and the guys to, to figure out the right game plan to be able to um, to be able to beat them, and um, you know, I'm sure that Jordan Rhodes will be looking at that one with with, with anticipation, thinking, you know, that's a good chance to um, you know to kind of show his his former employers what they what they let go. Um, so for me, it's it it, it it is a game that we should win, but I would say that whoever it's against, it's you know what, it's a lovely Valentine's Day for anyone going to watch. Um, settle down, get snuggled up in your seat and get intimate <laughs> with Vance on Sasso, almost <laughs> certainly starting in central defence. So I can't <laughs> wait. I will be spending all my time making eyes at Vincent, um from my seat in the North Stand. And you know what? If there is going to be um, a satisfying climax, then I really hope that Vincent <laughs> is uh, engaged and, and part of that. Just a just a word to the cleaning staff at the end of that game. Um, <laughs> if you do find any limes with big holes cut out of them, um, don't don't look inside it. That'd be an issue. Brilliant. And of course, it does have to be said these games are very very important. Carlos again has been out in the press saying that we need to get behind the team at Hillsborough. So if players are making mistakes, if there is a missed kick, if something does flop up ever so slightly, I. All you, ladies and gentlemen, please, please, please cheer the chaps on. Get behind the team. We've seen it before. We've seen what happens. Carlos said this last season. I can remember Bannon making a mistake and and, and everybody just cheered and and just got behind them. And that's exactly what we need because we need everybody to be pushing in the right direction till the end of this season. And if anyone wants to disagree with me, Chuffy, send it on Twitter. (laughs) I'm used to it this week anyway. Um, right then, Lenny, that's going to bring us to an end of this week's show. Chaps, do you have any little whoa, bits before whoa, whoa, we... Whoa, 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 sorry. We have a new feature that we need to introduce from this week. The Rumour Lounge may be gone and forgotten. The Rumour Lounge. But our new feature is <laughs> Competition Corner. Do-do-do-do-do. 
Competition? It was lovely. It's a lot less salacious than Dickie Al going, the rumour lounge. In me ears, that is... Do you want me to do it again? I'm not sure if I can remember no, no, no. it. But... Fire no, away, James. No. Competition <laughs> corner. That's the, like the shortened version as we go into the ad Is break. Is that just the Blue through. Peter theme tune no. with Competition <laughs> Corner at the start? Hey, you say that again, you'll be hearing from my lawyer, Sunshine. All right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Deck the Halls, the, uh, the well-known <laughs> Christmas thing. I think you're missing the point. We need to talk about Competition Corner. We have two prizes that um, that we're giving away, don't we? Hot off the press, so hot off the press that it's not actually been printed yet, but a uh, Jordan Rhodes, number 17, name and number on the back, um, Sheffield Wednesday shirt that is up for grabs. Now, this is via our website, uh, it's thewednesdayweek.co.uk. Um, pop in your details. You go into the uh, prize draw, and you get the great privilege of joining our uh, mailing list as well. Although we don't actually have anything to send you, so don't worry too much about that. Um, and um, yeah, you'll go into the draw. And the reason that it's it's so hot of the press, it's not been printed yet, because you can choose whether it's the home or away shirt, and you can actually pick the size so that it actually fits you properly. <laughs> now this is a good deal because I've entered these kind of competitions before, and you realise actually they've just bought an extra large because everyone can fit in an extra large i'm a fairly small chap and an extra large is a bit like wearing a dress for me which is something (laughs) that i stopped doing in my early 20s so um it's great that you get to pick the actual size of the shirt as well so uh the wednesdayweek.co.uk you've got until the end of the month but the sooner you do it the better Absolutely. And we have also teamed up with our friends over there at uh, Cromwell Clubs uh, to offer a, a lovely prize as well, which is uh, one of their prints. And there's some cracking Sheffield Wednesday prints as well. This is a Facebook-only competition, so pop over there to our Facebook page and you can enter that little comp over there as well for a lovely little print to slide onto your wall and make your house look beautiful, ladies and gentlemen. So please do, yes, uh, we... we, 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 we uh, it was much fun, all this competition, Malarkey, isn't it? It's all very exciting, boys and girls. It's lovely. Um, right, do we have any other little bits for this evening, chaps? Just one other thing that I was going to mention, which is, uh, again, it's about the, the the Wednesday Week website, thewednesdayweek.co.uk. Um, the, the blog section of that is starting to fill up quite nicely. There's some great stuff that you can read on there, including I threw together in 20 minutes flat yesterday, I threw together my ultimate Wednesday 11, uh, which on, on with one rule, which is it can't include any uh, players from the current team. So it's got to be ultimate Wednesday 11 of former players. Um, so if you want to have a look at that, thanks to everyone that's tweeted with their versions, although about everyone, ev- everyone so far has included Kieran Westwood as their goalkeeper, obviously not taking any notice of the rules, you silly people, you. Uh, but um, if you do want to send us your ultimate Wednesday 11 then please do and anyone that's interested in writing a blog for our site don't worry you don't need to be a proficient writer you don't need to have ever done anything like it before um, I'm quite happy to be on editing duty I'll, I'll talk you through it and help you with it drop me a tweet and um, let's talk absolutely and luckily I, I, can you actually now include Mr Dielna into that squad if you'd like to James you could do well I did include Rita Johnson <laughs> which raised a few eyebrows so maybe Dielna's going to go in yeah Never know. You never know. Um, and if people would like to contact you over there on the Twitter, James, to ask about your blogging adventures, where can we do that? 
Well, they've got two choices, so they can either contact me via Twitter at James Marriott or alternatively in the Riverside Cafe before and then again after the game against Birmingham, which will then uh, be followed by something of a night out, which will um, include a few of the fine establishments working our way towards um, Kellam Island where we're going to have a few drinks. So um, anyone that's up for making a night of it, drop me a tweet. That wasn't like ah. some kind of <laughs> sexual <laughs> offer. Although, you know, drop me a tweet. But let's, let's talk. <laughs> Fudgy old bean, if people want to see you over there on the Twitteridge, where can we do that? Well, you can uh, find me at Dan Fudge on Twitter. I've been a bit quiet tonight, haven't I? I don't feel like I've done enough knob gags tonight. Um, although, if you, if you do want to go on my Twitter, I've just, while we've been recording this, just drawn a cracking picture of Donald Trump. Uh, that you might want to see on there. It's quite funny. Uh, <laughs> and I've been drawing cock and bollocks on limes. But yeah, uh, yeah at Dan Fudge on Twitter. <laughs> you know, tw- hit me up, fam. <laughs> Please do. I love Fudge's tweets. It's amazing. Um, Mr. Ireland, old bean, where can we get a review over there on the Twitteridge? Uh, so obviously, you can get hold of me on the internet. I've been on the internet tonight, and um, I was looking at some important statistics. So... I was I was transfixed by the Super Bowl this weekend, which for those of you who are um, a traditional football fans um, will recognise as Americans uh, basically having commercials with some hand egg in the middle. <laughs> um, so I was transfixed by the Super Bowl. It was a very exciting game. It was amazing. Um, how, how good was Lady Gaga? She was incredible. And you know what? One of the best things that has happened is that her halftime performance has been made into a meme whereby at the start of her halftime performance, she jumped off the roof of the stadium and kind of disappeared out of shot. And people have turned that into all manner of things, including uh, Mick Foley uh, from the WWF uh, diving off the roof of a cage and smashing himself into pieces on a table. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, check out all of the Lady Gaga memes for a start. But... I wanted to make it a bit more relevant to me. And so um, because we're talking about limes and uh, and lime porn, uh, <laughs> I wanted to work out how what the impact of the Super Bowl and all of the people that are watching the Super Bowl has on um, a, a, you know, a famous website. So I chose one at random, Pornhub. Um, it turned <laughs> out that during the Super Bowl, Pornhub suffered a 40% drop in traffic. <laughs> So any of you that want to claim that people who watch NFL are wankers, basically, that's the only evidence that you've ever... Bravo, bravo. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, while you're listening there, you're listening to two days worth of gag preparation there. That is... That is impressive. That, that was Edward. the most Kudos. profound point that anyone has ever made on this <laughs> podcast, ever. The Wednesday week, we bring the stats, we bring the news. Come at me, bro, <laughs> at Sausage Arms on Twitter. It's still crap, though, isn't it? Handball. It's just still crap. You, you're wrong. This this one I'll, was I'll brilliant. I'll bet you. Catching <laughs> <laughs> outside, how about that? <laughs> of course, if you'd like to get hold of me over there on the Twitter, you can do that at Lord H. That's L0RD underscore H. Um, get on the podcast as well at TWWCast. Of course, you can catch up with us now on our fancy new website, <laughs> thewednesdayweek.co.uk, um, and all the usual places, the YouTubes. And if you are looking at your phone, ladies and gentlemen, right now, click that little review button. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 
it'll feel like a lime and everything. And leave us a little review. Help us spread the word, ladies and gents, and get our number out there as well. We'd be very much appreciated. It has been a pleasure, as always, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Be good, be safe, and we'll see you real soon. Do, do that again. Is Birmingham, if we say that um, this is one we should be winning, is Birmingham going to come and slap us in the face? Blackburn. Blackburn. Birmingham or Blackburn? What day is it? Blackburn. You Blackburn. really weren't listening. We're playing Birmingham, aren't we? Yeah, we've no, got on to we Blackburn. Are, we've moved past that. We're now on to Blackburn. We're playing Blackburn? Is that on Tuesday? Yeah. yeah. Shit. Right, okay. And what we're saying about it is, sorry, I really wasn't... <laughs> I wasn't listening. Oh, keep this to the outtakes. <laughs> I'm oh, trying to turn it. I'm trying to turn it. Twenty quid to this guy, and it won't accept my chuffing card. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans; we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health. We understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing, ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points, back of the net. Lubosh! Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later! This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.